is a presentation of Main Street Media, your source for news, sports, and information on Main Street in Middle Tennessee. pros and everything in between it's southern middle tennessee sports today live from the league company studio with the hall of famer mo Patton. here's chris yow welcome in to southern middle tennessee sports today presented by mid-tennessee bone and joint chris yow and mo Patton here with you and glad to have you as always it is Top 5 Tuesday, and we are excited because we have a great show lined up for you. In fact, we have a couple of great guests, and of course, we will continue talking about the biggest news around sports in the country for the next couple of hours. So thank you guys for hanging out with us. Mo, what's up? <coughs> that. Excuse yeah, exactly. Me. Excuse me. Just... um. Just trying to get through a Tuesday, man. Just trying to get through a Tuesday. Feel like I need to turn my hat backwards so everybody can, you know, know that I'm ex- that I exist. There we go. That'll work. I'm stuck in the studio. I'm in JP's seat today. It's very weird. But it was better than us trying to hear me through a crackle. Not I know snap. I know snap and pop were probably angry that they weren't involved i think they weren't far behind (laughs) oh man well we do have a good show we've got chip walters joining us here shortly to talk about some mtsu sports we've also got jason kersey of the athletic who will join us to talk about all of the things that are happening in college football but specifically out in oklahoma there's a lot going on and good things i guess if you are a Sooner fan, but yeah, we will talk to Jason and, and get his thoughts on what's going on out there with their new coaching staff. And then, of course, we've got a bowl game tonight that uh, is, well, it's going to happen, at least as far as we know to this point. And I'm not sure exactly what that means because LSU is just in what some might call a pickle. So... We'll talk about all of those things in college football playoffs. We're going to talk about that for a while. I mean, obviously, next Monday night kicks off and we'll crown a national champion, but uh, we'll probably be talking about that for a lot this week. And, of course, it's Top 5 Tuesday, and as always, if someone of prominence passes away, we have to honor them with the Top 5, right? <laughs> so <laughs> rest in peace to Betty White, but uh, – We'll talk about our favorite TV theme songs today. Sitcom theme songs. Should be fun. There were there were some great ones back in the day. So anyway, let's uh let's kind of get things kicked off here and give you yesterday's results, today's lengthy schedule on the rundown. Here's the rundown. Let's do it. 
This is your Tuesday Rundown brought to you by Jim Davis at Grow, Live, Give. Visit them at growlivegive.com or give them a call at 615-682-0022. Securities offered through IFP Securities, LLC, DBA, Independent Financial Partners, IFP member, FINRA, SIPC. Investment advice offered through IFP Advisors, LLC, DBA, Independent Financial Partners, Registered Investment Advisor, IFP and Grow, Live, Give are not affiliated. Monday night high school basketball action. The road was unkind to Summertown as the Lady Eagles and Eagles got swept over at Creekwood. Um, Creekwood winning the girls game 58-55. The boys, Creekwood with an 80-60 to victory over the Eagles. In junior college basketball action on Monday night, Columbia State men held on for a 76-71 win over visiting Tennessee Valley Prep. The Valley boys go down again. In NBA action on Monday night, the Grizzlies with a 108-104 victory at Brooklyn. In the NFL, Pittsburgh with a 26-14 win over Cleveland. Tonight's schedule, Columbia Academy travels to Franklin Road Academy while Zion Christian hosts Cornersville. It's Fayetteville at Richland, Summit hosting Franklin, and Independence goes to Fairview. Also, Lawrence County goes to Athens, Alabama. Columbia Central hosts Oakland. Mount Pleasant travels to Hampshire. Santa Fe is scheduled to host Perry County, and Loretto will take on visiting Wayne County. In high school wrestling action tonight, Florence, Alabama coming north to take on Columbia Central. Spring Hill hosts Forest, while Independence goes to Northwest Clarksville, and Summit will be over in Murfreesboro at Riverdale. In NCAA football action tonight, as Chris mentioned earlier, the Texas Bowl, LSU, without a scholarship quarterback on the roster, takes on Kansas State. That's an 8 o'clock kick on ESPN. NCAA men's basketball, Vanderbilt at Fayetteville, Arkansas, taking on the Razorbacks. That's a 7.30 tip. Will be shown on the SEC Network. NBA action, the Grizzlies travel to Cleveland for a 6 o'clock start. And in the NHL, the Preds are at Vegas. That's a 9 o'clock puck drop, presumably on Valley Sports. Yeah, you may get Grizzlies and and Preds back-to-back on Valley tonight, so should be fun. That's going to do it for today's rundown. Mo, uh, let's talk about that Valley Boys and Columbia State game last night. You went and got a chance to watch it. There's a story up on MainStreetMurray.com. You know, Columbia State seems to have a a a, a theme of getting up early on these type opponents and then having to hold on late. And it's a theme that Winston Neal does not care for. <laughs> I bet he does. <laughs> you know, um, they were up 64-42 midway through the second half in this ball game, and then all of a sudden they're having to get a couple of defensive rebounds down the stretch to hang on and and manage to pull it out. But, um, yeah, you know, getting up and then having to hang on when, when it would be way easier to just kind of keep your foot on the gas and, and ease on out of there um, – is a concern for for Coach Neal at this point. But at the same time, you know, dealing with some injuries, as he mentioned in the article, dealing with some guys in availability due to some academic issues, um, COVID, flu, that kind of thing, impacting the roster. So at this point, they're just trying to get through. The one good thing is he said that um, Tennessee Valley Prep 
plays a lot like Dyersburg State, which is um, where Columbia State will go to resume conference play on Wednesday night. So this is a game that to some degree could help them get ready for that one as they get back into conference for the first time since back before Christmas. So, you know, they can take some good things out of this. They're still 15 and one, but you know, the, wasn't the methodology- that one to Tennessee Valley. Wasn't the one lost to Tennessee Valley. Correct. They lost 87, 84 to the Valley boys. Um, earlier this season i think it was it it was in early december so um but yeah that's that's their only loss to this point so doing some pretty good things chris mcknight with 21 points off the bench last night and um was really kind of a stabilizing force for for columbia state in that ball game so uh, you know as you look at this team particularly with with the two big guys they've got malik oates and and Xavier Griffith, um, they've certainly got a size advantage down in the paint, but when you can hit 13 threes like Tennessee Valley Prep did last night, that kind of um, kind of eats up the stagger, as they would say, in track parlance. So, um, you know, Columbia State battling, got to figure some things out, but but they've got a lot to work with. And again, 15 and one right now. So just some, you know. Winston Neal did pull a James Franklin on me though last night. Um, we're just taking them one game at a time. So trying to go one and zero. So one and zero, baby. So they'll be trying to go one and zero again tomorrow when they go to Dyersburg State. Um, scheduled to play at home Saturday against Cleveland State. Apparently, Cleveland State is dealing with some COVID issues. So what was supposed to be a doubleheader Saturday at the Web will be a women's only game starting at two o'clock. Well, I, I'll tell you, the, the improvement that Tennessee Valley Prep has made over, over the last couple of years is, is pretty impressive, and you got to give Coach Raglan and, and his staff credit. They've got some really good ball players over there. And, and, again, we keep talking about the extra year, the extra COVID year. That's why a lot of these prep school teams are, you know, a lot better than they would have been otherwise, right? So, you know that that's good competition, and, and I'm ex- I'm glad to see uh, glad to see Columbia State continue to play in good competition. It's what they need. Um, moving on, it was announced earlier today, Mo, that we might actually finally get a resolution to the Washington football team. What they're saying they're going to announce something on the 22nd of February, or that's the 2nd of February. Is it, it is the second or the February. There's a lot of twos involved. It's all twos, but there's just four of them. So it's February second, and uh, that's that's probably what is that? That's right around. It's right before it, the Super Bowl, I guess. Is it the week the, the Wednesday before the Super Bowl? So you know, great time to announce it, especially if the Titans are in the Super Bowl, because you know the national media will be looking for anything else to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wonder I, if if they're announcing it on two two. I wonder if they're going to be the Washington Groundhogs. I hope so. <laughs> that would be phenomenal. Oh man, <laughs> because I'll tell you, you know, it's basically the same thing over and over again. If you're a Washington football fan, <laughs> as, as long as Snyder is running things, yeah. So uh, it'll, it'll be so, interesting, no doubt. I saw someone who said, uh, you know. Look, we're not even worried about the nickname anymore. Just fix the stadium. Well, after those folks fell, 
out the railing or whatever there as the Eagles were leaving the field, specifically as Jalen Hurts was leaving the field. Nearly got fallen on going through the tunnel there at the end of the game. So, so yeah, I, I think folks are, particularly the NFL, is way more concerned with the stadium than with the nickname at this point, I would think. <laughs> I'm sure they are. Oh, man. Well, it it was in speaking of NFL news, it was a good night for the Steelers last night as Mike Tomlin, 15 years, no losing records. It's pretty good. That's that's pretty solid. Um, there was so much there, man. I did not watch the start of that game, obviously, because I was at the web watching Columbia State take care of business. But you know, Pittsburgh's got the ball late. Looks like they're going to run out the clock. Najee Harris breaks one to the house to make it 26-14. And I thought, well, heck, wonder if he should have gone down so that Big Ben can kneel on it and go out. And then some kind of way they got the ball back. I think they intercepted or, or did something because I had to leave the room. But turned out that Big Ben did get to kneel on it. So, you know. Interesting turn of events there, but yeah, like you said, um, Mike Tomlin, 15 straight nine losing um, campaigns. Looks like Roethlisberger is is going to be done, that that was his last home game, and um, you know, big Monday. And hey, might have been um, Baker Mayfield's last game as a Cleveland Brown. <laughs> they, need to, they, they need to stop. Seriously. But that's – listen, there's something to be said for continuity in the National Football League, and I understand that he struggled, but he's also been pretty decent at times too. So maybe instead of worrying about a quarterback, get something else around him. Maybe maybe that's not a bad idea. You know, you know. Well, anyway. I mean, you, you had something around him. You had Odell Beckham Jr. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See how that worked out for everybody. Well – <sighs> it's. I, th- I think you have to figure out why that didn't work out before you say right. you know get something around him. But you know, sure. I, I mean, a lot of folks blame Ben for Antonio Brown, and now we know. And you know, a lot of it could be Odell, it could be Baker. We don't know. I mean, that's for the that's for the for the Browns to figure out, not for us. <laughs> yeah. There we go. Yeah, let them deal with that. When we come back, we've got Chip Walters. But we also have the Titans schedule, kind of has been announced, and more. So stick around after this. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Fast Stop Markets is a full-service, family-owned convenience store chain located in 14 locations throughout Middle and West Tennessee. For those in our listing area, you can find them in Columbia, Centerville, Lawrenceburg, Spring Hill, Dixon, and White Bluff. Fast Stop partners with wholesale fuel brands like Shell, Marathon, and Exxon, delivering a consistent customer experience that is fast, friendly, and clean. If it's not already, it will soon become your go-to store to shop in town or on the road. Fast Stop Markets is proud to be keeping you moving in Tennessee. 
Keep your home as comfortable as possible. If you have any issues with your air conditioner, electrical, or plumbing systems, call Lee Company. Our techs use visual findings and other technology tools to add transparency and clarity. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on the roof. We're here 24-7, so if you need us, call us. Lee Company, call 931-548-4448 today or schedule your appointment at LeeCompany.com. That's LeeCompany.com. Hey folks, while we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ned Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic injuries and our OrthoQuick walk-in service lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. to the two-tone blue covering the teams you care about it's only on southern middle tennessee sports today live from the lee company studio with the hall of famer mo Patton. here's chris yow welcome back into southern middle tennessee sports today presented by mid tennessee bone and joint again glad to have you all with us here on this tuesday edition of the show it's always fun and we get a chance to continue talking local sports in our area specifically, but also around the Middle Tennessee area. And sometimes there's a lot to talk about. Other times, t- games get canceled and much more. So there's not as much to talk about. But let's... uh. Let's talk about it with one of our favorite guests, Mo, as we always enjoy our time with Columbia native and voice of the Blue Raiders, Chip Walters. Chip, welcome in. What's going on? Well, the sun is shining. The What's left of the snow, and we got a good bit of it over here is uh, melting, but uh, kids are back in school in, in the county and city system over here. Uh, and uh, we are, we will have basketball this week. At least uh, our, our, we're, we'll be, uh, we, have, we have a flight scheduled for tomorrow. So heading down to Texas and uh, so looking forward to that. So Chip, you're headed to Texas. Um, the swing, the Texas schools coming this way, um, UTEP and UTSA, that was wiped out this past week, but you guys are going to um, Ryson and where then? In North Texas. In North Texas? Okay. okay. This side. Yeah, that's a little bit of an easier trip. The women had to make the road swing to San Antonio and El Paso, and, you know, it, it's one of those that – that may be the hardest trip in the league. Uh, especially if you're not chartering, which only a few schools do charter all the time. 
But, you know, that's one where typically when we've done it, you fly Nashville to Dallas, Dallas to San Antonio, and then play the game San Antonio to Dallas, Dallas to El Paso on Friday, and then you play the game, and then it's El Paso to Dallas, Dallas to Nashville. So you have, what, eight legs, eight flight legs in there, something like that. But uh, it's, uh, you know, it, the uh, this, this upcoming trip, Rice in, in North Texas, is simply uh, fly to San Antonio, play the game, or fly to uh, Houston, play the game on Thursday, then bus on Friday, Denton, which is about a three- to four-hour bus ride, uh, and then uh, play the game in Denton and then fly home. So uh, that, that, that'll that be that's – that's a little bit uh, a little bit easier. Very similar to, like, when teams come in and, and uh, when they come in and play middle in, in UAB, you've got a, just a bus trip in between. So that, that's what we've got coming up and uh, two very, very different – uh, style of play that we'll face this week. I tell you, um, I guess the women's trip was a little bit easier after that 85-56 win at San Antonio on Thursday. And, but then after after they after they lost by one at UTEP, then Coach Ensel had all night to stew about that before they flew back on Sunday. But you're right, they got off to a really good start. Uh, got a you know a decisive win over UTSA. Uh, and, and then, then, then on to El Paso, which El Paso was eight and one going into that and, and probably one of the best uh, teams in the Western part of the, of the, uh, of the league. And, um, so, you know, that, that was, they knew that was going to be tough. And again, it it is a tough trip. It's a tough travel on Friday. And then they played a, an early game on Saturday. So, you didn't have a whole lot of time to recoup uh, once you got in there. Chip, I know you got to be glad that you're doing men's basketball for MTSU and not women's because as I look at this box score from this 85-56 win, I see a young lady that scored 15 points and had 13 rebounds, and all I know is her last name is Malashka, I think. Malashka, but, Malashka, but, yeah. But that first name, um, I wouldn't try it on a bet. And um, uh, uh, I understand. I mean, and they, you know, they've got. Uh, and then you have Baldrova, uh, mm-hmm. who's who's also from uh, Russia or, or, or Latvia, and uh, so they've they've got they've got uh, the Lady Raiders have a few names uh, this year, but uh, you know, we ha- we had our first uh, coaches shows last night with with Rick and Nick down at the Boulevard and had a packed house in there for that. So you know, it was it was a lot of fun. Even on a on a snow day, I think people were looking to get out and come do something, and and uh, had had a good time with that. And and uh, so you know, they they were there supporting both programs. I'm sure the Woodbury native Rick Ensel has has a wonderful time with those names as well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he has nicknames for them. So, but uh, it, but you know, they they they've done a good job of. Uh, of coming up with, with some talent because both of those young ladies have been big contributors uh, this year. Courtney Woodson with 31 points in that win over at um, UTSA. And and like you said, that El Paso team is a pretty good one, but middle fall into nine and three with that loss as they get ready for um, their um, home games, I guess, against 
rice in North Texas yep, and, or North Texas and rice? Right, no, it'll be rice in North Texas because Conference USA plays a a mirrored schedule. It, mm, okay. Because Thursday night, rice women will be here. Our guys will be at rice. And um, so – that, that's that you know that was a, a, that'll be a rematch of last year's championship game, uh, and but although Rice has undergone uh, you know a big change in their in their team as has Middle, um, you know and I think Middle, you know probably is a, I think is a good bit better this year. Uh, Rice I don't think they don't have the inside presence that they had with the big girl they had for several years so. You know, uh, you know, and then North Texas, they have, they've, they, they come through some struggles and have started to get better. But, uh, but, you know, I think middle women being at home would have the edge on both of those. Chip, I, I kind of want to switch gears off the hardwood for just a moment because I, I was looking and reading this story uh, on the website. GoBlueRaiders.com that Sam Doughton did with the, the Q&A with Christmas Sorrow. And, you know, we've talked to you all year long, and, and it, at times, you know, there were some great things to talk about. I just didn't realize that there were seven conference championships in 2021. That, that's it's pretty impressive. And that, that goes back into last school year because they were, they were kind of doing it as a calendar sure. year recap. And, uh, but, yeah, I mean, it's – and, and the thing is, you know, it was, you know, you did have women's basketball, but, you know, people, you know, a lot of times if they're the, a passive fan, you know, well, did, is it football, men's basketball or baseball? And, but you had, uh, you, you know, you had golf and you had tennis, you had uh, the, the tracks had, had, a, had a few in there. So, and you had a national champion uh, in, in, the, in the steeplechase. So, you know, when you look at it and you combine all of that, the success, you had, you know, you had another bowl team in football this year. You're seeing much improvement in men's basketball, uh, women's basketball good again. So, uh, you know, I I think there's a lot to be excited about. And and I think Coach Coleman is going to put a really good product on the field uh, this year, they will certainly be battle tested by the time they play a home game or, or start to get into conference play because they're going to play 17 of their first 18 on the road, uh, you know, in, 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 in February and early March. But, but they're going to events, you know, like four team events uh, at, uh, at, uh, at Wilmington, at Coastal, at Auburn, places like that. Neat. Yeah, yeah. as I look through, I mean, you guys are playing – the baseball team is playing a, a three-game series at Auburn. Um, or it looks like a series. Are you saying that there there are four teams in this event? Because it looks like they're playing three games against Auburn. I don't know. Well, I, I, well, and, and on that one they may be. Uh, and yeah, it's – but I, Alabama, Auburn, South I Alabama. To, <laughs> and I, I'm trying to, you know, just trying to figure out. Okay, we got to find somebody who can go on the road with baseball uh, a whole lot during February and March. So, uh, as, as far as who they're playing, I'm not concerned about that yet. I just know that they're playing <laughs> at those events and, and hey, they're away from home. Are Are you not going? I feel like you should probably lobby to be the softball voice at least for February 
tenth and eleventh to the twelfth while they're in San Diego. That would be a good. That would be. Uh, <laughs> that would be a good one to make. You know, Operation we, we, Get Chip to San Diego. Uh, that, that's right. I mean, we've we've worked. We've gotten. We've had Mexico and and the Bahamas checked off the list. So, so who knows? That could be next. <laughs> I'm I'm sure we'll do our part. I'm sure folks are lining up to do baseball in February. Oh, you know it, it's uh, you know I, I, I've always I, I've always wished you know for not just for our sake but for you know a, all the locals in baseball mm-hmm. if if we could not start until March I don't know March fifteenth would be great but even if it was like March fifth March sixth March seventh whatever maybe you know whatever that Friday that 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 comes in there right somewhere right in there and then you know extend extend the you know the postseason out to a little bit from that to where you're you know where it works around where it's around the fourth of july where you're crowning a champ and but um you know it's 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 always a struggle and and you know and we've got it better than the folks you know and wouldn't want to be playing south dakota state on february 18th but you know, that's why I think Toman has put the schedule together where they're heading south and to the coast and Coach Breeden, you know, they're heading to San Diego, which has the best weather of, in the world and a uh, good place, good place to be. If you've got to go somewhere in February and early March, they've, they've got some pretty good stops. Could be a lot worse. We are visiting with Chip Walters, the voice of the Blue Raiders here on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports today. Chip, circling back to basketball, like you said, you guys make the Texas swing this week at Rice on Thursday at North Texas on Saturday. Um, basically, your your conference openers, I guess. Is that right? Yeah, it is. It, it's, not, it's not for Rice. or Rice and North Texas, they – they are actually they're, because they're travel partners. They mm-hmm. it worked out to where their game with each other was last weekend. So they've only played one game. They weren't scheduled to play anymore. But Rice was coming out of uh, some COVID issues, and North Texas uh, kind of handed it to them by about thirty uh, in Denton. Uh, it's you know North Texas reminds me a lot of of. Um, of, of middles teams around 2015, 2016, 2017, right in there. Really good defensively, really good rebounding. And as, as coach McDevitt uh, described it last night, when you play them, it's like, a, it's like being in a rock fight. Uh, they're, they are uh, very deliberate offensively. They're not slow offensively, but their pace of play is in the bottom, like very much like Chattanooga. They're in the like bottom ten of in all of Division One basketball, but you know they still average a lot of points. What what that means is they're very efficient, and mm-hmm. and uh, and and that's that's one thing you've got to you've got to do something with them to kind of break what they're doing and uh, and and try to force them into some things that are a little uncomfortable for them. So that that's kind of the whole plan when you face them. Rice, on the other hand. Very much a freewheeling team. Um, middle defensively, uh, you know, what they have been able to do uh, up until, you know, now has been to use their depth and 
some full-court defense to force teams to use 8, 10, 12 seconds before they initiate their offense. Rice doesn't like to do that. They like to get up and go. And uh, and so it'll be interesting to see different styles of play, so it'll, it'll be good preparation. Now, for middle, the, the key is, is that yesterday was their first practice in 12 days. And Coach McDevitt said that he was pretty happy with, you know, when it came to remembering sets and all of that, that the guys were pretty good about it. But uh, when you hadn't practiced hard in 12 days, uh, instead of having a, a long uh, two-and-a-half-hour practice, uh, they had a couple of hour-and-a-half practices, and they're doing that again today. Chip Walters, voice of the Blue Raiders, thanks for taking some time with us. As always, man, we look forward to hearing you on the call. All right. Thank you much, guys. There's Chip Walters, voice of the Blue Raiders and Columbia native. When we come back, we're going to talk to Oklahoma beat writer Jason Kersey of The Athletic. We have a lot of stuff we can talk about with him, so I'm looking forward to it. Stick around after this. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Festop Markets is a full-service, family-owned convenience store chain located in 14 locations throughout Middle and West Tennessee. For those in our listing area, you can find them in Columbia, Centerville, Lawrenceburg, Spring Hill, Dixon, and White Bluff. Fast Stop partners with wholesale fuel brands like Shell, Marathon, and Exxon, delivering a consistent customer experience that is fast, friendly, and clean. If it's not already, it will soon become your go-to store to shop in town or on the road. Fast Stop Markets is proud to be keeping you moving in Tennessee. Keep your home as comfortable as possible. If you have any issues with your air conditioner, electrical, or plumbing systems, call Lee Company. Our techs use visual findings and other technology tools to add transparency and clarity. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on the roof. We're here 24-7, so if you need us, call us. Lee Company, call 931-548-4448 today or schedule your appointment at LeeCompany.com. That's LeeCompany.com. Hey, folks. While we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ned Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader-building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic injuries and our OrthoQuick walk-in service lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. This is Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. Sports talk like it used to be. You know, like your crazy uncle used to listen to. Only better. Here's Chris and Mo. Welcome, Welcome back in. Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Oh, man, it is Top 5 Tuesday, and we are looking forward to the final segment of the day where we will honor the great 
Betty White with our top five sitcom TV theme shows, theme songs. Goodness gracious. But we got a lot of sports to talk about between now and then, Mo. Looking forward to this this next segment, too. Uh, man, I am struggling today with the <laughs> the voice. It is what it is. Excited for this next segment, Mo, because we get a chance to talk about something we talked about yesterday briefly. Um, and there is just a lot going on in the world of college sports, but particularly in Norman, Oklahoma for a team that has been finished playing for a week and a half, it seems like. And Jason Kersey of the athletic who is joining us uh, tweeted this yesterday. He said, maybe one day we'll get a day off. Jason, have you gotten that day off yet? <laughs> hey guys. Uh, not not exactly, but but that's okay. That's kind of what we signed up for, right? This has just been, you know, I, I've been telling people it's like this. I, I've covered Oklahoma for about ten years now, and um, the the program was just this model of consistency throughout the Stoops years, right? Like there was just no drama, very very little drama. Uh, you knew Stoops was the coach. You knew Castiglione was the AD. They rarely fired assistants. There was no coaching searches. And, uh, and then he just seamlessly hands it off to Lincoln Riley. And I'll tell you, I've made up for all of that in the last couple of months, I think. <laughs> <laughs> the, the coaching search that you didn't have to go through from Stoops to Riley is, has now been negated, huh? Yeah, I would say so, yes. <laughs> it's interesting to me, you know, how this program – like you said, it went from a model of consistency to a little bit of, you know, I guess not necessarily disarray, but there was kind of some uncertainty for a lot of that coaching search because, you know, folks really weren't expecting Lincoln Riley to leave. And then when they did, when he did, it, it really sent – uh Oklahoma fans and I guess you guys into kind of a tailspin into what does what's going on what 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 do we do now yeah I mean I think it was just very unfamiliar territory for OU fans and and for us in the media that cover it I mean <clears throat> there hasn't been a coaching search in Norman since 1998 when Bob Stoops was hired I mean uh, a lot of the fans today don't even remember that and if they do uh, it was very very long ago and so I think it was jarring. I mean, you had Lincoln Riley in a seemingly great situation in Norman, uh, choosing not uh, choosing not to go to the NFL, not to take a step up, but to go to another blue blood university. Um, you know, a coach hasn't left Oklahoma for another college job since 1946 or seven, I believe. Um, so this is just not something that happens, and not something that. Uh, OU fans are used to. So I think they were shell-shocked. I think uh, there was a lot of concern because then, uh, you know, it's not just that Lincoln Riley left. He took a bunch of assistant coaches with him. A bunch of people entered the transfer portal. They lost uh, commitments from a bunch of their top guys who then flipped to USC. I mean, it just felt like an attack, I think, for a lot of people. And so uh, it was shocking. But, but I mean, really, the, the Brent Venable's hire, the staff he's put together, the way he's recovered their recruiting efforts, 
um, and has them in the top 10 now has been pretty incredible. You know, and, and to piggyback on that, Jason, you know, the, um, you, you get Venables in place, you get Levy in place, and then all of a sudden you've got the, the quarterback musical chairs with, um, with Rattler leaving, with, with Caleb Williams going into the portal, um, but saying he's keeping his options open. And then all of a sudden, Dylan Gabriel says, okay, I'll just stop off in Norman instead of heading out to UCLA. I mean, where did that stuff come from? over the last 24 hours. Yeah, I mean, the fact that Caleb Williams entered the transfer portal wasn't a surprise. He, um, you know, he, he spoke to the media for the first time um, after the Alamo Bowl and didn't address his future and did acknowledge that he had a decision to make. Um, I think a lot of people uh, around here sort of hoped that maybe he'd come into that interview and, and declare right then that he was all in with, with Brent Venables. And that's just not what happened. And so I think the fact that he entered the portal was no surprise. I was surprised that the Dylan Gabriel news was right there teed up for them right <laughs> after that. I mean, um, they, I mean, I, I, I sort of thought maybe there'd be a couple days. Dylan Gabriel was committed to UCLA. Um, he was set to actually start classes at UCLA yesterday. And I'm pretty sure if he'd gone to class, if he'd actually enrolled and gone to class, uh, he wouldn't have been available for Oklahoma to take. And so um, it, the, the way that played out was pretty wild. I, I've never seen anything like it. And I think it, it, it surely uh, now makes it much less likely that Caleb Williams comes back because, um, you know, I, I, my, my guess is that Dylan Gabriel wouldn't have made such a drastic flip at the last minute if he didn't have some measure of uh, assurance that he was going to be the guy. That said, Jason – is that a net gain or a net loss at the quarterback position? You lose Caleb Williams, potentially you get Dylan Gabriel. I mean, is the fact that Gabriel is an experienced quarter that quarterback, does that put him ahead of Williams at this point? Or what? what's the feel as far as that trade-off goes? Yeah, I don't, I don't know uh, really as far as that goes. I mean, Dylan Gabriel's had a great career. At UCF, put up huge numbers. Um, Caleb Williams, though, was a, is a special, special talent. And the things that he showed uh, in flashes last year as a freshman are really exciting. And, and I think a lot of people rightly view him as a as a superstar. And so mm-hmm. um, I, I think it's. I, I'm not sure Dylan Gabriel is has maybe as high a ceiling as Caleb Williams does. But the thing Dylan Gabriel has going for him is he's got experience. And he knows Jeff Levy's offense. He played with Jeff Levy for a year at UCF and really played well under that system. And so they already have a relationship. I, so uh, in some ways, I think he come out on top. And in some ways, maybe with the, just the feeling that Caleb Williams has, may, maybe you come out a little bit down. So I think, it's, I think it's a very – it's an unequivocally good thing for Oklahoma to have had Dylan Gabriel waiting in the wings when that Caleb Williams uh, news dropped. It's interesting that, you know, Jeff Levy has had several really good quarterbacks and the feeling in Norman has to be positive with the news of the assistant coaches that Brent Venables has announced to this point. Uh, recent, most recently, co-defensive coordinator Todd Bates coming from Clemson. 
do you do you guys feel like this staff or is are our fans saying that this staff is something that they can be excited about? Yeah, I, I think there's no doubt about it. I mean, Jeff Levy, um, you know, you, you lose. Uh, you know, obviously Lincoln Riley was the head coach, but he also was the offensive coordinator, was the quarterback coach, and you lose that, and you sort of say, you know, that that that's no good because he's one of the top offensive minds in college football. Well, I don't know that you could have hit more of a home run in replacing him than with Jeff Levy because Jeff Levy is uh, also an up and coming rising star in the coaching world. Um, done some really good things at, at UCF and Ole Miss and, and even going back to the, the work he did in helping build Baylor up into the program that it was uh, on the field anyway. And so um, I, I think you couldn't have hit more of a home run with Jeff Levy and people were really excited about that. Uh, Todd Bates, arguably Clemson's best recruiter. I mean, that that's massive uh, that they were able to get him to come over um, uh, and, and join the staff. Um and then you also, I think people were also excited that a, that a large portion of the offensive staff was, was kept intact. Kale Gundy, Bill Biedenboe, DeMarco Murray, and Joe John Finley, all OU guys. Um, you know, Biedenboe's been on the staff since 2013. Gundy's been on the staff since 1999. Um, DeMarco Murray and, and, uh, and, uh, Joe John Finley are both former Sooners players. So, I mean, it's, uh, it's a good staff and I think it's exciting to people. And again, I think it sort of helps ease the, uh, ease the burden or ease the pain of, of, of what happened with Lincoln Riley when things have really flipped and, and are going pretty well right now. Speaking with Jason Kersey of the athletic covers, Oklahoma football. And Jason, you mentioned DeMarco Murray and I'm, I'm kind of curious about a guy who was as successful a player both at the collegiate and at the professional level as DeMarco Murray has been. You don't often see those guys come back to the college level and and have success as a coach. How How is he being received in that position down in Norman? Yeah, it's really interesting because it wasn't all that long ago that he was a uh, uh, you know, an all-pro NFL running back. And, uh, you know, he, he sort of uh, – he, he fell into coaching because, uh, you know, Kevin Sumlin, who, who was an assistant coach at Oklahoma when he played there, uh, was the coach at Arizona, had an opening as running back coach, sort of took a chance on DeMarco Murray despite him having no coaching experience. And, uh, and then Oklahoma had an opening at running back coach. And I think Lincoln Riley saw – the, the DeMarco Murray star power and what that could mean on the recruiting trail. And so he brought him back to Norman. And, uh, you know, the first year was rough for DeMarco uh, recruiting-wise because they didn't sign any running backs. I think a lot of people were really disappointed and wondered if, if he was a very good recruiter. But uh, he also had to do it his first year in the COVID year when there were no in-home visits, there were no uh, in-person interactions with anyone. And since that stuff has opened back up, he's done a remarkable job recruiting. The, the player, the uh, running back, young running backs out there, uh, a lot of them remember DeMarco Murray playing on TV and remember uh, being fans of him. And I think that really that really helped him. Real quick, I, I want to get your thoughts on the rest of the college football world, Jason. Are, are you surprised that it's Alabama-Georgia once again for a national title? Not really. I mean, I, I, was, <laughs> I must admit that, 
I must admit that I was hopeful that, that it might be, uh, you know, something a little different. Um, that, that, you know, I hoped that, that there was a chance that maybe Cincinnati would, I, I knew they probably wouldn't have a chance, but, you know, I was hopeful. And then Michigan, uh, ending the season the way they did, I, I, was, I was a little bit hopeful. It's nothing against those SEC schools. It just would have been a little bit more exciting to see something sure. not so predictable happen, I guess. Yeah, and I think that's that's most everyone outside of the – even a lot of the folks inside the SEC footprint are tired of it, to be honest with you. And as every article that I – every website I went to yesterday had something about yesterday being the 15th anniversary of Nick Saban taking the plane ride to Tuscaloosa from Miami and being named the Alabama coach. So it's it, it can get frustrating. We, we feel it here, and I know you guys feel it there. But uh, what was your favorite bowl game? Oh, man, my favorite bowl game. Um, you know, the uh, the Iowa State-Clemson uh, game was, was pretty good. Iowa State definitely gave them a, gave them a scare there at the end. I, I enjoyed that one. Um, I enjoyed the mayonnaise bowl. Just, I mean, for the same <laughs> crazy reasons that everybody else did. Uh, sure. I, I, you know, I enjoyed the one I covered. The Alamo Bowl was was a lot of fun. Oklahoma had a big lead, and and Oregon, you know, really made a run there in the second half. So that was a fun game between two two sort of traditional powers. So I, I, I always enjoy both. Don't we all? Jason Kersey of the Athletic covers Oklahoma. You can follow him at Jason Kersey on Twitter. That's J-A-S-O-N-K-E-R-S-E-Y. Jason, we appreciate it. Thanks, guys. When we come back, more college football after this. Stick around.